Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another interesting day. Great way to start out a Monday, especially if you're looking at it from a cattle perspective. I mean, we saw some higher numbers all the way across on both the live and the feeder cattle. Hogs, on the other hand, especially those latter months, really had some struggles going on. The corn was higher, but it was lower on the soybeans, while the wheat market kind of just saw a mixed type of bag. We're going to take a look at what's all happening in this trade today. Kyle Bumstead joins us with Allendale. And let's first all talk about new contract highs in cattle. It's a good way to start a Monday. Well, that's right, Susan. First of all, thanks for having me back. But uh, yeah, new contract highs. We've been making uh, quite a few new contract highs here in these uh, live cattle contracts and these deferred feeder cattle contracts as well. So that, uh, from a technical standpoint, looks good. And as I've said many times before, bear markets don't make new contract highs. Now, uh, live cattle here, this uh, April contract pushed up here to this 164, almost 164, uh, around 164.57 to 164.60 was the highest here today. So that's good here to start the week off. But we're gonna have to we're we're gonna need to keep something underneath this market a catalyst in order to keep it pushing higher. Now the cash is gonna have to keep working higher in order for us to keep all this premium out here in this April contract. April, of course, is that uh, contract that has all the open interest and the volume out there. But uh, respectively, here February it's running right in line with the cash market. Last week's cash, we finally did something we haven't done for a number of weeks, months, maybe even uh, you know years. We started trading cash cattle on Friday night into Saturday morning, and uh, we started trading 159 there late Friday afternoon, close to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. We traded in western Nebraska here at 159, and uh, then on Saturday, the trade started developing here in uh, Kansas and Texas at 159 as well, and uh, eastern Nebraska at 160. I've even heard some dress uh, trade uh, happen fri- late Friday into early Saturday at 254 on a dress trade, so that's looking really good. Uh, the board is running right with cash right now, so we need to watch this. Um, this cash trade versus the board. We are in deliveries right now. I don't look for the uh, much in the way of deliveries just yet, but if we are to keep outpacing the cash here on the futures, we could start to see some delivery surface here, especially in the north with the uh, with the yard conditions and lot conditions that we have up here, Susan. So, are we going to run out of gas anytime soon on the way these cattle markets have been trading? Well, there there is always that potential, you know. Uh, you know, stairway up and elevator down is the way it goes, like one of my friends puts it. And yeah, we've been on a nice gradual stairway up uh, in this cattle complex, whether it's feeders or live cattle. And uh, it wouldn't take much here. There's some air underneath this market here. We could uh, step back here and, and uh, try to reattract some buyers, some speculators, to come back into this market. Now, uh, given the fact that we had the ion uh, issue here with them hacking uh, some uh, some servers and stuff like that last week, we weren't able to get a commitment to traders report. But wouldn't surprise me if uh, we added to uh, you know if we added to the long side here in the live cattle and basically feeder cattle looking at the open interest here over the last week or so has been basically a lot of short covering and and that looks good but we're going to need to keep this feeder cattle market the prices keep pushing up here in feeders in order to keep this premium that the March futures has to the cash right now and I was talking with some producers today down the Flint Hills and uh, you know they're talking about buying some uh, you know some some calves here you know some six seven eight weight calves they can uh, throw them out on grass this summer and look at all that premium out there in those fall months and some of them might just do it they can uh, pick up some carry out there in the futures especially if they short them and they they get them bought right up front here there's some carry out there there's some premium that could leak out of the deferreds if uh, this cash market doesn't keep pushing higher in front can the cash market do it though it is possible. Uh, I can see that. Now, Oklahoma City today, they've had a really good sale going on there. In some instances, $10 higher with you know certain classes of cattle. Um, I've heard as high as $14 higher, but I don't know the cattle. I don't know the class. But uh, it, it is possible here. Um, 
in the in the north, we're getting a little bit concerned here about our feed situation. Now we've gotten some moisture, but we've got to get those cattle to grass. So grass fever is really, uh, I think, going to start to take over here. And if uh, if we can keep some premium out there in those deferred live cattle contracts, although it's not all the always what you want to see is the premium out in the back end, you could see some optimism up here in the front end of the feeders trying to get some grass calves bought here. So we got that for the summer months. You know, as you talk about this cash market, we knew that last week, as you and I talked Friday during the day, it was a push and a fight to get any sort of bids at the end of the week. Is it going to be the same this week? Are we going to wait till Thursday, Friday to see some sort of happenings? That's a very good question. And, uh, I'm going to stick my I'm going to stick my name out there and I'm going to say no. They're going to probably start to try to buy some cattle here early this week because they didn't get enough cattle bought last week. Our show list this week is only up about 800 head. I had anticipated it being a, a slightly higher than that, given the fact they didn't get them uh, get enough bought last week. I thought those cattle roll into this week, and I have talked to a few that have put a few more on the show list this week. So I think the Packers are going to try to come out early uh, with a decent bid, so they can try to get some coverage on here this week. And uh, you know they don't. Really, I don't think they want to wait until the end of the week here so they get some supply locked up. And nice to see the way we saw the the numbers higher, especially from a feeder perspective, even with some higher corn numbers today. Yes, that, that's right. That's right. It was good to see uh, feeders get up here, you know, uh, mid uh, mid 190s here or low 190s here on the Aprils, and we got up to the upper uh, 180s here on the March. That's good. Now May out there sitting at 195 and a half. That's uh, that's looking like it's getting up there pretty good. I've, I've had a lot of interest in. Uh, getting some downside coverage here, not necessarily taking a marginal position, but uh, a lot of people are looking at uh, some sort of downside protection. Um, you know, as we've had this rally here, the, some of these calves are going to be coming out here late this spring that are going to be intended for grass. Some of these guys that uh, have the lightweight calves. Now, uh, speaking of which, uh, when you talk about grass fever, and I, I'm, I'm going to hit back on that last week in the uh, very far north, uh, very far northern plains there up in Montana, we saw some 350-pound uh, uh, calves bringing three and a quarter, and those cattle are going out west in California because they've gotten some rain out there and they do have the grass fever so those really 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 lightweight calves you can do a lot with them and some of them still work at those levels because time is your friend there you've got a lot of time with those cattle and i think that's what some of those producers are looking at awesome exciting news for there good place to send them get the grass and and build up some little bit of california agriculture at the same time well stick around folks when we come when we come back we're going to continue to talk i don't know if you took a look at these hog numbers i definitely saw a struggle especially with those later months april may june having some big drops in the trade we'll also take a look at what the pushing factor is for the corn market and the struggle we're seeing in the beans and even somewhat the wheat it is the fontanelle final bell right here on the rural radio network Hey, Tom, I see a Fontenelle sign there on your North 80. That corn looks pretty good. Well, yeah, my neighbors had good luck with Fontenelle, so I decided to give it a try. They've been around for quite a while? Well, sure have. In the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. Wow, that's impressive. I'm thinking I might add some Fontenelle to my farm. Well, just contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com if you want more information. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue in our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. And Kyle, uh, we got to talk a little bit about these hogs before we move over to the grain complex because they've got some big <laughs> struggles going on right now. And, you know, what What, what do you see? What, what's the factor behind this? What was a good market just a few days ago is now moved into the negatives. 
Well, that's right, Susan, it has. And uh, we're still in a well-defined downtrend here on the daily chart. The weekly chart's still in a uh, sideways to uh, trending lower here channel as well. Now, uh, the only thing that April has going for it today as we closed up here on Monday afternoon is the fact that we were able to close above that old low of 82.62. And I, it's very tough here because there's been a lot of commercial selling here in this hog complex. And, you know, the, the, the amount of liquidation that's taken place here by the non-commercials, there could be a short covering rally. I'm not saying that it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a further extended rally because the fundamentals obviously don't support it with the April losing, uh, you know, ground to the uh, June contract. Uh, April lost about a dollar to the June. Don't really watch the maze very much because they're just kind of there. But uh, a lot of a lot of spread activity happening here as well today, too. Uh, the February contract, which it's uh, winding down the shot clock here, it gained $3.80 on the April contract. So that says to me that uh, the cash market might be getting ready to turn. Now, we did see a midday cutout up $8.87. I don't put a lot of stock in the midday cutouts here. But uh, in order to get some of this pork to turn around, we need to get the cutouts just to, uh, you know, confirm a bottom, both pork and beef. <clears throat> And then get the cash market and hog complex here to, uh, you know, confirm that it's put in a bottom as well, too, Susan. All right, jump over to the livestock side. Let's start out looking at this. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it because it's a, it's a February report that doesn't get a lot of attention. But we got some friendly tones going into the USDA report. Is that kind of setting the stage for what we're seeing this week on the trade? Somewhat, I think. Uh, as far as corn and, and both soybeans go today on a Monday here, I'm going to chalk uh, soybeans up to uh, kind of a you know weekend weather uh, hedging and, and coming out of that weekend weather in South America, probably a little bit more harvest progressed. And so you did uh, likely see some commercials come in here and sell this thing as far as getting some hedges in place and whatnot. Now, uh, we are kind of holding some technical support here in this March uh, soybean contract. Now, in March, both corn, soybeans, and, uh, and the wheats are in uh, liquidation mode here as far as uh, the funds getting out of their market. Uh, contracts and going out to the deferred so looking at the spreads you could see some spreads get skewed here just based on volume of them rolling positions out but the march corn contract uh, when you look at it the uh, cash corn index did improve during the month of january slightly so that looks good and that uh, says you know maybe we're going to be okay as far as a, a neutral report coming up here i think the markets maybe got a lot of that priced in soybeans here the basis there and the spreads are still inverted to look really good and the basis is still uh, at five-year highs out there too so Somebody still wants soybeans, and most of that's been on the heels of the meal market. Uh, Argentina obviously being the world's uh, bean meal go-to. Uh, they're having to come to the USA because they just must not have the uh, bean meal or the, the bean crop down there in order to crush in the meal. All right, what are you thinking about the Goldman roll? How is that going to be a, a factor this week? I think you're going to see a lot of spreads get skewed. Um, the volume is probably going to uh, move on out to the July contracts. Obviously, uh, July is going to be a more popular contract to trade than the May corn or May beans or May wheat. Uh, of course, May wheat, that's going to be the last old crop wheat, so July is going to be the focus there. Speaking of which, probably need to keep uh, you know closer tabs on that July Kansas City wheat down there around that 830 mark, and we did get up to uh, some resistance levels here, close to 870 here today. Not saying I'm bearish, but uh, we need to see those push higher. Uh, you know, the March Kansas City wheat, we did run into some technical resistance here Friday around that 890 to 895 level, and that set us back here about 20 cents. It's 876 level. But that Kansas City wheat contract, we are seeing some uh, bull spreading out there. The July is gaining on the September here. So someone's out there thinking as far as the commercial side that we're probably not going to have a, a huge wheat crop. We're going to have a wheat crop. Don't get me wrong. I listen to it uh, every year about how the wheat crop is terrible and we're not going to raise anything. And by the time we get there, we've got a crop. But the commercials are a little bit nervous because they've got July bid about three quarters of a cent to a penny over the September. So that's saying they're wanting to get some coverage right now. Well, the truth will be in the pudding is we start to see those southern plains. I mean, they're getting some moisture, but they start to warm up and we see emergence. And as that continues north, that 
probably will give you a good telltale sign, and the markets will probably react that, pretty quickly. That's right. They should. They should. Now, I don't put a lot into the wheat ratings like a lot of the trade and, and uh, talking heads do because it means nothing. There's no correlation between ratings and uh, the final result as far as the crop goes or, or end result in price. So, you know, they could see some ratings get, you know, skewed a little bit here or there. But, yes, once we get in there and we start to see what this crop really looks like, uh, as far as, you know, July, we start to get some harvest going. Then we finally figure out what this crop has. We also need to keep our eyes on, uh, you know, Russia, Ukraine. Not really sure how that ball's going to really drop or what's going to really, uh, you know, be the end game there. But uh, that's still going to be something that needs to be watched as far as uh, exports out of the Black Sea region. Real quick before we wrap up, South America weather, it's still pretty dry in Argentina. That's right. It is. It is. And like I said, uh, when we talked about soybeans, I think that that right now is keeping the uh, the uh, meal market, uh, you know, bid like it has. We saw meal hit 500 a ton here uh, today and we saw it hit 500 the other day. Now, a lot of uh, technicals are saying, yeah, we're going to stop here at 500. Um, a lot of analysts are thinking 500 is going to stop it. There's nothing saying that it will. But uh, if they need meal and they need it bad, they'll probably keep working on uh, pushing it higher. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? You can call me at the office at 308-708-7340. Well, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.